Hello and welcome to Perusia Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Hermantag, and with me this evening is a friend of mine and a good friend of Perusia, Mr. George Manassa. George, how are you this evening? I'm feeling good. That's good. Feeling great. How are you? I'm not too bad. And uh, welcome to the uh, to the studio, the the St Thomas. Is this the St Thomas Aquinas Studio, Miguel? Here at uh, Perusia headquarters. I think that's what they've named it. And, oh, excellent! Uh, it's your it's great first to be here. first time in this studio. First is that time correct? in the St Thomas Aquinas. Mm. I've been here many times before, but. Uh, since it was dubbed St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh, there you go. There you go. Have you been interviewed here before? Yeah, many times. You've been interviewed yeah. here a EWTN few times. before. Yes, and, uh, yes. In fact, uh, you yourself are a podcast host, aren't you? So yes. for those that Radio have not, uh, uh, are not familiar with your podcast, tell us a little bit about your podcast. So I'm the host and founder of the Catholic Toolbox Show, which mm-hmm. airs on 1701am, which is a radio mm-hmm. show. Uh, here in Australia's only Catholic radio network, which is mm-hmm. Voice of Charity Australia. Um, and also it airs on many other platforms, um, EWT Asia Pacific, mm-hmm. through Perusia as well, um, Cradio, and um, we air on TV Maria as well, in the Philippines as well. That's so it airs on many platforms, and uh, we are also a podcast yep. as well, a Catholic yes. podcast here. Yes, and you're also an author uh, here at uh, Perusia. We sell uh, both of your books. Yeah. Uh, the Art of Practical Catholicism and The Service Toolbox. So tell us a little bit about, uh, about these two publications. Well, the first is uh, The Art of Practical Catholicism, which mm-hmm. uh, in, during COVID, uh, I wanted to author a guide, mm. uh, put together a guide for people to help them take action with their faith. So, so the niche of my show mm. covers um, our ability as Catholics to take our faith mm. and find practic- and draw practical tools from the toolbox to take action with our faith. It's centered on taking action, living our faith, finding practical strategies as Catholics to translate that into actually living the faith. So we cover many topics. This is a guide for like a post-COVID world, a, a new mm-hmm. modern world coming up. We cover things such as uh, Catholic business networking. Mm-hmm. We cover uh, how to discern marriage, different vocations, um, how to evangelize in the workplace. Um, effective Catholic education, many different topics. And Mm -hmm. we give three practical tools or strategies. Mm -hmm. And then at the back of the book, I leave you to plan your own practical strategies as well. It's the mindset of the art of practical Catholicism to take action. So it's been endorsed by His Eminence Cardinal Pell, um, Mm -hmm. Bishop Richard Umbers, and... uh, my good friend Don Avdik and Harold Burke Sivers. Uh, That's he, excellent. So you can get a copy. And wherever. of course, a, a very practical thing is your little booklet, the Servers Toolbox. As yes, well. yes, mm-hmm. it's a little mm-hmm. guide here. That uh, look, I was inspired to do it because I have a great love for the liturgy, a great mm-hmm. love for the mass. So I wanted to produce something that your average server, someone thinking of serving in the mass, would pick up. And mm-hmm. um, this gives a brief introduction: on what is the mass and three practical tools to better appreciate. It's, it's really something that uh, uh, will continue after. It gives you that little bit of an introduction about what the Mass is, appreciation, three practical tools. We go through mm. 10 often uh, forgotten de- liturgical details, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. such as putting your hands together, walking with reverence for the server. Mm, because excellent. your average server, I mean, in average parishes today, they really need that assistance. Yes, and rather do. than going through mm. all that formal education, which people won't do, mm. this is the solution, I believe, a little yeah. solution that, parish priest, minister, anybody else in any chaplaincy mm-hmm. can hand to yes. uh, someone discerning serving and give them that little bit of formation or maybe that couldn't even be a prerequisite 
Mm, I think it probably should be that, uh, that servers get uh, more than a little training. Uh, exactly. Well, you want to serve? Okay, mm. well, to let you into the sanctuary, mm. you better read this book and then we'll mm. come and have a discussion about it. Mm -hmm. You know what the mass is. You have an appreciation yeah. of what the mass is. Excellent. Um, are you able to... Because I describe, uh, as I've always said, the role of the server is a mediator between the priest and the laity. Yes. Because you're not the priest. The priest mm. offers a sacrifice to the mass. He offers mm. that unique sacrifice on Calvary um, uh, that our Lord offered up. He represents that to the Father. The servers don't do that. They're mm. most of the time lay people. Yeah. And they're the same as the people in the pews. So the, people often look to their example. Yes. And in, decade, uh, in the last decade when I did used to serve, mm. Many people used to come up to me. I mean, I used to take great care with all these details. Yep. They used to come up to me and say, thank you for serving reverence. And mm -hmm. you see the change in people when they observe the mm -hmm. servers or the master of ceremonies uh, uh, reverently, you know, have their eyes focused on our Lord and everything yeah. else. Yep. Uh, uh, they, they then respond. They start putting their hands together, praying better. Yep. Where, uh, the server is the mediator between the priest and the laity. Yeah, and so... they can't as, do what the priest does. As a server, we're often giving the laity a, a, a visual cue of where their focus should be. Exactly. Because the server's focus should be on the priest mm -hmm. in persona Christi Capitis. And they are most, most likely lay people. Yes. Who connect with the lay people in the pews. They're not mm. doing what the priest is doing, the liturgical action. Mm -hmm. So people look to us mm. as servers. And, yeah. and as a server, you, you can make a real difference in the, in the prayer life of the people by dying to yourself mm -hmm. and focusing on our Lord. People notice it and then you mirror. Uh, you, it's, it's like a reflection. Actors, yeah. they look at you, but then they're redirected to our Lord. Yeah, That's what amen. we want. That's excellent. Yeah. So I love your work. And uh, of course, uh, you have discussed uh, these books on previous Perusia podcasts, so people can go and check that out. Uh, but uh, I, I got to thinking that, uh, you know, I, I didn't know a lot about your own story. A lot of people know my conversion testimony um, because it's a bit of a roller coaster ride, but uh, I'd never actually sat down with you and talked about your own Catholic journey. And so that's what we're, we're here for today. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to ask the question, who is George Manasseh? Were, George. You, were you born into a Catholic family? Yes, I was. Uh, mm -hmm. I was born into a, um, a Lebanese migrant family. So mm -hmm. my parents are Lebanese migrants. Um, and, and from a young age, I've been instilled with uh, three core values of God, mm -hmm. country and family. So, yeah. Uh, those are the three core values I was instilled with, you know, always worship God, love your country mm -hmm. and uh, a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, my, I remember from a young age, my mother always before bed, normally mm -hmm. always teaching me uh, hymns. Uh, it started then in Arabic and then I started mm -hmm. to learn them in English and then saying a few prayers before I went to sleep and our mm -hmm. father, Hail Mary, and uh, we'd sing a hymn and then... Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I remembered as a kid uh, going every single Sunday to Mass uh, mm -hmm. at, at our parish, where, where I was baptised actually in 1995 at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Parramatta. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one year later, it was mm. burnt down. Mm. Uh, the, the, the chapel, what is, what's now the chapel area, was actually burnt down in a fire. Uh, an arsonist had uh, lit it and... Uh, but then I remember m most of my memories growing up was at the 
the other side as the cathedral was being reconstructed mm -hmm. um we went to mass every sunday we'd we'd go walking because we grew up in, i live grew up in Parramatta, north Parramatta. we'd just walk every sunday to mass go to mcdonald's on the way that was always the incentive go mm -hmm. first to maccas and then mm -hmm. continue on to mass and uh, and i had great great memories as as a kid uh, going to going mm. to mass and uh, had that cultural connection with the mass and yeah. uh, you know i wanted to always i always tried to imitate the priest and role play mass as a child interesting so so faith was yeah. a big factor in my life it's culturally inter interesting that you were latin rite catholics because when we when we think of the lebanese culture we tend to automatically think maronite mm. but that's not what you grew up in you grew up in a latin catholic house. well i did attend our lady of lebanon college uh -huh. okay. uh, for 13 years of my yeah. life which is now maronite college of the holy family okay. so that was my school from <clears throat> kindergarten and uh, so that was my school but on mm. sundays we always attended um, St. Patrick's Cathedral, Parramatta, mm. and uh, but on the odd occasion, mm. some Holy Week or Good Friday, we'd go to Our Lady of Lebanon. So, yep. so I, I did breathe with both lungs, but essentially most of the time it was, uh, as per my baptism, you know, mm -hmm. baptizing the mm -hmm. cathedral. <clears throat> um, so those are my early fond memories of the faith. You know, we mm -hmm. we get together, we'd uh, we'd uh, on a weekly level going Sunday Mass. Uh, we'd go to a lot of walks, um, uh, uh, pilgrimages, and and uh, I was taught my prayers before sleep. Mm -hmm. And when I started attending school, um, there was great uh, there was great care taken to teach the faith in him. So it was it was a great childhood uh, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. terms of bring you up culturally in the faith. Uh, yeah. But and, not and with great catechesis. But but still that practice of the faith in the family, like yes. there was prayer and, and so on, which is something that was lacking from my own upbringing. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear that. I mean, you tend to, uh, to think of the, the Lebanese uh, as having quite strong Catholic faith yeah. and quite a strong practice of it. Yeah. But as you say, so what, what um, you said, just mentioned now that you didn't get great catechesis in the faith. Mm -hmm. Are you talking primary school, high school? Uh, I would say, yeah, primary school, yeah. high school. Uh, but, but I think there, let's redefine what catechesis means. Mm -hmm. I think catechesis in the sense of showing uh, what the faith is through example, through love, great catechesis there. But yes. theological catechesis, not mm. so much. Okay. Not so much. But, but I think at that stage in life, you know, experiencing it, living it is what I needed to, to, yeah. to start my spiritual journey. But, but I, I wasn't as close to our Lord because you'd, you'd hear about miracles and all these mm -hmm. great things at times. Or I remember very fondly um, when I, in 2005, 2004, when my cousin had a reversion back to the faith. Mm -hmm. He's actually my godfather. Um, it, you know, we began to do Bible studies, at home, rosary nights, invite... Mm. Very holy and pious people, and uh, and I remember these great memories. They they had a great wow. impact on me. But it w there wasn't that daily uh, um, personal relationship with our Lord. But still, yeah. it was instilled from a young age. Um, and then yeah, look, we um, we tend to know from you know conversion testimonies like mine that uh, you know there's there's sometimes decades away from the faith, and something big happens that that brings us back in a spectacular way. But in talking with uh, more and more Catholics and interviewing people, what I'm discovering is even Catholics that have uh, sort of been brought up in the faith, they too go through a period where they kind of wander away from the faith. Yeah. Did that happen for you? 
I would say between the years 2000 and f yeah, four, five, mm. up till 2008, mm -hmm. up to 2008, where... And how old were you? I was in, let's say, uh, late primary school mm -hmm. and then entered mm -hmm. into early high school. Yep. Those are the years where, you know, Sunday mass was a thing. Mm -hmm. No real relationship with our Lord. Mm -hmm. Pray every now. Uh, prayer became something where I'd ask God for favours. Okay. Because, you know, growing up in a mm -hmm. nice Lebanese household, yeah, Lebanese people like to network, you know, and get their way. So I tried to network with God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. You're trying to do the Lebanese deal with God. Look, God, yeah. you know, um, here's 50 cents, please. I want to come first. I want to come first in my exam. Please, please. You know, and I'd uh, say a rose, say a bunch of prayers, stack up a bunch of prayers. Yep. I remember praying about, you know, two, three rosaries, doing mm. penance. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to come first in this exam. I was very competitive, you know, okay. academically yep. in high school. Um, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> as soon as, you know, I got the result I wanted, you know, no, uh, that's it. No, thanks know. to God. But, thank you very it. much. <laughs> it's <was laughs> all you. Yeah. <laughs> I got what I want. I got what I want. <laughs> because I, I, I did wrongly. I mean, you notice mm. heresies and ideas mm -hmm. that sometimes, you know, your parents might have picked up, you know, because of a lack yeah. of theological catechesis that if we... If we bargain with God, we pray a lot, he'll be, we'll be rewarded materially. Yeah. That's not always the case. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as much as you know at the time. So, so 2009. Mm. So, uh, in 2000, I became very pro. I started to read the Bible. What do we mm -hmm. need the church for? Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, let's just be Bible-believing. And I started to mm -hmm. stu study, take seriously spiritual life, have a relationship with our Lord. But then 2009, in a park across the park where I lived, I, th there was a Protestant band. I think it was a mm -hmm. Baptist or Hillsong band group that used to play every couple of weeks on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. I used to hear their music and uh, used to go for, I was always running. I got stopped once by um, a young lady and a guy and uh, they started charging me. Oh, you're a Catholic. Oh, well, purgatory is not in the Bible and mm -hmm. all these little arguments. That was in the year 2009 and then after that, you know, I was very shocked. You know, I don't have any answers for these people. Mm -hmm. And I was just left uh, shocked. You know, when you're attacked, when something's attacked or threatened, mm -hmm. you run for the defensive and you want to cherish something a little bit more. But I remember, because I always used to make, during high school, year eight, year nine, I started to uh, get picked up from the church car park. So I started mm -hmm. to pray in the church before and after school. You know, I used to make those visits. Wow. Uh, th that was a good thing, you know, oh, while I was grace. waiting to get picked yeah, up. Yeah, praise God. And then I used to see that this speaker, Tim Staples, was coming. That was oh, the year yes. 2009. Yep. Tim Staples. And uh, I was in grade nine. I was in year nine. Mm. Um, Tim Staples was coming and uh, I heard about it. And I, I, from somewhere, I don't know where on earth I got it. Maybe it was from school or maybe mm -hmm. I got it out of the church. A CD called Why Be Catholic. His conversion story. So that part was piled up on the shelf. But up until I was attacked by uh, uh, theologically by those Protestants, and I had mm -hmm. no answer, mm -hmm. I ran back home and I knew I had that CD mm -hmm. of someone who was Protestant, you know, and became Catholic. Mm -hmm. So I pulled it out, dusted the the, the um, dusted it off, 
put it right in my laptop when laptops used to take CDs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was an audio by Perusia Media. Yes. By Perusia. And uh, mm. I listened to his conversion story mm. and the arguments and the whole story. And I knew, wow. It, 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 this, uh, this is very convincing mm. why he became Catholic. Mm. There's something true about the Catholic faith that's the fullness of joy. I knew it there and then, but now I need to embark on this journey of studying my faith theologically. Because mm. I was someone always, uh, I took great interest in my hobbies. When I, mm. I, I really, when I want to learn something, I'll put the effort, I'll learn it and I'll study it. Mm. Um, and, uh, and really there and then it embarked my, my journey of studying my mm -hmm. faith. I knew, I, knew mm. I wanted to learn more. I knew there was a good Catholic answer for every question. Mm. So I turned the back and I saw, oh, Perusia Media. Mm. Who is this place? I Googled mm -hmm. it. And then I, call, I remember calling the Perusia Media office and, and, and asking if I could order more yep. of this CD. And that's where I started getting involved and, 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 and ordering more of these CDs. So I ordered mm -hmm. the whole Peru, uh, the 2009-12 Tim Staples. Mm -hmm. I listened to every single one of his talks. I started learning, taking, mm -hmm. uh, taking notes. Um, I met a priest uh, in that year, 2010, by the name of Father Andrew Bass at uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral Parramatta. He was a great, mm -hmm. very holy priest who guided me th through books. And mm -hmm. um, later that year, I decided that, uh, you know, I'd start attending more talks by Perusia Media, mm -hmm. all these speakers that were coming through. Yep. Um, and that's how I started learning and learning and learning. And in, um, in fact, I believe 2009 was the first time Perusia ever had a speaker. Exactly. And it was Tim Staples. It exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I owe my reversion mm. to that. Yeah, wow. You could, you, you could attribute it because if there was no great um, Barkma of bringing speakers, mm -hmm. you know, who knows, you know, how many mm. reversions back to the faith could we have missed? I yeah. mean, that's a scare, that's a scary reality. Yeah. That's a scary reality that if we, if we don't do carry out our apostolates, mm -hmm. each apostle that God's called us to do, what are we missing? Yeah. So that's a yeah. scary thing. So in that year I was uh, recommended and I had a great teacher in high school who was mm -hmm. a, a good example of faith, um, uh, he is still a good friend uh, of mine today, uh, and uh, you know he was a great example. And he, he and um, a few others recommended. Why don't you go? He seems like you know too much. You know, I was no, picking I was up fundamentals of Catholic dogma, <laughs> studying books. You know, more than your average. You know, as a year mm. ten, as a year ten student. Yeah. Why don't you take a course somewhere? You know, um, I found it all too easy for me. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so someone recommended. Why don't you enroll in Catholic Adult Education Center? Excellent. In two thousand and ten. So I did. And and how old are you at this stage? I was in year ten. Year ten. So about fifteen, sixteen. I was at fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. So I flunked school. <laughs> on some days to take in, uh, intensives at Catholic Adult Education Centre. Oh, Center. you threw sickies to go and learn your Catholic <laughs> faith. That is excellent. <laughs> I, I was throwing sickies I didn't when I was in year look, 10, I didn't for different reasons, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need geography. I started picking what I need. Nah, I've got to go to learn my faith. That's a bit more important, wow. you know. Uh, yeah. But, but I... I remember Thursday nights, uh, Wednesday nights were amazing because that, those Wednesday nights mm. were when I took um, a church history course. And then afterwards, uh, I met a great uh, a person who I'm friends with, uh, 
you know, probably trying to re reconnect now, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, who recommended, why don't you stay back for this one? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's called mm -hmm. uh, The Church by Father John Flader. Okay. And my mum was there and she saw, you know, another Lebanese bloke recommending, no, she, she, she got talking with a, a nice Lebanese bloke mm -hmm. who is that person, said, oh, your son's here. Oh, you're waiting for your son. Okay. Um, uh, so your son's studying the faith. Oh, that's great. You know, he, mm -hmm. he should stay for this course and yeah. I'll drop him home. And my mum saw, oh, this Lebanese guy, no problem. Oh, yeah. I trust him. <laughs> so I come out, he thought uh, my mum's son was a 30, 40 year old or something. <laughs> there was a new tank here. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. did see some teachers doing their pracs, you know. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, so Father Flader was Father John Flader was the director. And, yep. um, in that year, he became my friend yep. and became my spiritual director a year later in 2011 when I was That's invited excellent. to study for the, you know, study and spend time more at the Catholic Adult Education, uh, mm. sorry, Nairana Study Centre. I see, in Sydney. In Sydney, which yeah. is in Pennant Hills. So I began now, studying there. Excellent. And you've just, you've just mentioned something that I just want to uh, divert to uh, momentarily. You've mentioned spiritual direction. Yeah. So for anyone listening who doesn't know what spiritual direction is, mm -hmm. how would you describe it? Spiritual direction is... is uh, here's a funny way of uh, actually describing mm -hmm. it like this. Is, is indemnifying yourself... Uh, from making your own judgments, spiritual Ooh, judgments. Nice. You know how sometimes we don't like, uh, we mm -hmm. don't want to be liable for things, so we get legal mm -hmm. advice, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, you're not. It's yep. your fault. You're liable. Chain yes. of responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> it can be like that. It can be like that. But yeah, but if you know that you're not liable, you you are liable. Yeah, so, as course. much as you can think. <laughs> spiritual direction is where you 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 make yourself vulnerable to a particular human being uh, that's mm. respected and um, is living their faith mm -hmm. and can guide you in the areas that you can't take control of. Yep. Possibly. Yep. And, and you, you assign yourself some level of obe uh, general obedience mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. guidance. It's basically mm. a mentor for your spiritual life. And it's usually done by someone who is actually making progress in the spiritual life themselves, yes. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, uh, and it's it's usually a priest. Usually um, a priest, uh, or, or however, in the modern world, of course, um, we've got we've got fewer layman. and fewer priests. Yeah. Layman. Can. So now there are some some lay people who mm -hmm. are again, they're, if they're um, progressing in the spiritual yeah. life, can advise. I do receive yeah. direction from lay yeah. people, and uh, yeah. I myself give direction to several people as a, yeah. as a layman myself with mm. enough doctrinal formation. Yeah. Um, so. Usually, a, a lot of the time, for most lay people, it's a priest. Mm -hmm. They seek out a priest. Mm -hmm. But the great, uh, the great uh, aspect of having a lay person give spiritual direction mm -hmm. is the fact that a lay person is in the same situation as you are. Yeah. They often work. Yep. They're, they're in the real world. They're married. They have kids. Mm. And you, if you're setting on a path as, as, as a lay person, mm. on that same path, you're able to relate to them. Yeah, in that on that level, provide that spiritual guidance, but uh, tied in with the secular, mm. uh, secular mm -hmm. aspects of their day to day life. For mm, instance, a priest who yeah. may have joined a religious order but never worked a secular job may not be able to tie in about how to evangelize in the workplace yeah. as much as someone who is current. In the secular world, can give that can give yeah, that advice. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, someone a, a bit more experienced. Yeah, yeah doing what wonderful. you're doing. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent. Um, 
Have you ever heard that there's actually a, a test mm -hmm. for whether or not you need a spiritual director? No. No? Would you, like me to, <laughs> would you like me to take you through the test? It's really simple. What you do is you actually hold one hand up yes. like this, right? You take two fingers and you, you push them in here. And if you can feel a pulse, mm -hmm. you need a spiritual director. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, everyone needs a That's spiritual all of director. Us. Yeah. That's all of but us. But of course, in the, in the modern world with, uh, with fewer and fewer priests, priests and fewer people trained uh, to do this, it's very hard to find a spiritual director, isn't it? I mean, this is another aspect where, uh, I mean, if you don't have a director, I mean, if you're mm. married, mm. be each other's mm. spiritual yeah. director. And I've Not also, in that formal sense, I've also heard spiritual direction described as uh, two pilgrims meeting on the road and traveling together for a time that both may find better nourishment. See, exactly. Yeah. They, 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 they both yes. may find nourishment. Yes. So. Yes. I mean, my approach in, my, in the spirit that I follow um, is that, you know, when I give some direction to some people that are in my care, I benefit from it as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I'm supposed to yeah. be sanctified by, mm. by them and I sancti help sanctify others. And then mm. there's that mutual giving. Obviously, someone is taking the, the lead in giving direction, mm. but mm. you also learn as a person. You grow as a person yeah. giving spiritual direction. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so you're in your, you're getting towards your late teens. Yeah. You're now receiving spiritual direction from Father John Flader. Mm -hmm. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Because I hear you say Flader. Have I got it wrong all these years? Is it Flader or Flader? I'm not sure. Not here with us. <laughs> we'll have to ask him. <laughs> and uh, so, and so now you're getting spiritual direction, and, and you're getting uh, an increased level of catechesis. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so what what happens next in your story? So I, I, so yeah, I took in 2010 uh, that course on mm. the church, church history, um, mm. and kept learning and studying my faith, and then. Did you start to get answers to those questions that the Protestants were asking? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I think it was at the stage where I studied Tim, uh, Tim Staples' mm. work mm. and other great speakers that Perusia produces. All those. Yep. I'm someone who wants to go through all the details. Yeah. I, was, uh, I yep. was basically listening to things and then asking questions and writing mm. them down and getting yep. answers to every question from every angle. Yeah, and I was okay. dissecting every doctrine and were everything. There, were there other speakers that you that you leaned towards during this I, time? I really, I really at that time enjoyed Father Mitch Pacwa, mm -hmm. especially in his debates with uh, Father, uh, not, not Father, sorry, uh, a pastor, Walter Martin. Mm -hmm. Walter Martin on the, the John Ankerberg shows back way before I was born. But yeah. I used to watch those and watch how he debated mm. um, Protestant pastors like James White. And uh, mm. other people, and uh, uh, who else was a great uh, inspiration? Uh, at the time, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, mm -hmm. and then I mm -hmm. began to listen more and more to Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and a good friend of mine now. Still a, still a great influence still on you. Still a great yes. influence on us uh, <laughs> yes. uh, as a deacon. And mm. um, I really, uh, 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 Raymond D'Souza was a great was mm -hmm. a great uh, inspiring speaker mm -hmm. and Robert Haddad at the time, yep. especially in my well, reversion. We've got to mention a, another good Lebanese boy from, <laughs> from, from Punchbowl, Dr. Robert Haddad. Dr. Robert Haddad. Dr. Robert Dr. Haddad Robert now. Haddad, yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I had the, I've had the privilege of interviewing him. Yes, a, I've heard a, that before. A, a few times. More than once, yes. And um, I, I actually interviewed him while his, whilst his doctorate was being assessed yes. by his supervisors. And during the interview, I kept calling him Dr. Robert Haddad. And so at the end of the interview, he said, oh, Matthew, by the way, I should probably correct you. 
You know, I'm not a doctor yet. And I said, well, Robert, if the word doctor comes from the Greek, meaning teacher, you've been a doctor to me for some time. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You've <laughs> awarded him early. <laughs> That's right. So I awarded him his doctorate before, uh, before Notre Dame did. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you're continuing to learn your, your faith. And this is, this is quite, uh, quite an incredible grace uh, for a young person to, to really feel this, this call to, to learn uh, the faith. Were you also defending the faith? Did you, did you have the opportunity at this stage to go back to those Baptists in the park, or did you, did you, did you encounter um, Protestants with the same Catholic I did. objections? I did. And in did the year 2010 to 12, yep. Yep. I uh, finished high school in the year 2012. Mm -hmm. Once I learnt my faith, and then each opportunity arose where I engaged with a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses on my Interesting. door. Interesting. I actually began to know the same people. Yes. And they used to sit them down. They don't come to my house anymore for some reason. <laughs> we, we haven't seen Jehovah's Witnesses for a long time. <laughs> they used to come around a lot, but uh, same They don't you. come anymore. W once I increased my, the level of knowledge to a certain level, I think, exactly. they, I think they now give me a wide berth. <laughs> and, and, and thanks to having so many books at the time, you know, I'd mm -hmm. take out my Greek Bible, I'd, I, I'd, yep. I'd show them. And we get to some series where, where, where it, get, it got to a pivotal point where they were almost convinced you know, I mm. met Protestant pastors and when I found out, I like to go to the core argument, the foundation, which is, mm. you know, <laughs> mm. uh, who canonized the Bible? You like yeah. the Bible, who put it together? Catholic yep. Church yep. in the fourth century, Pope Damasus the first. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Catholic Church made a decision about the Trinity. Catholic Church gave you the Bible. That's the only reason mm. you have 26 books yep. and not early other writings like the Church Fathers yep. in there. Yep. There's a church that made the decision. Yep. Yes. You know, like uh, I've had so many conversations, Mormons as well, mm. Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Protestants, and uh, we had some pretty convincing arguments. Hopefully yeah, wow. some of them are Catholic now. Wow. You know, you never know. Like so I kept in contact. I got numbers. Know. You never know. I emailed people. And mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so yeah. it, it, it's, it's clear at, at this stage you've left high school. You're becoming an apologist and evangelist. It, is that where you took your studies from there? No, well, obviously, <laughs> you saw my mind was uh, a very dissected kind mm -hmm. of a person. I dissected it, so I studied engineering. Wonderful. Uh, so engineering. My grandfather was a mining engineer, so oh, I, I've got, engineer. A, I got a, Great lot of, money. a lot of time for, for, Good money. for engineers. <laughs> Maybe not in the 60s. Yeah, <laughs> so I went into the civil engineering field and um, I worked uh, yeah, in project management. Yep. Just under, yeah. yeah. And seven, so that's years. what you studied yeah. at university. Yes. During during that time, because I mean we know uh, a lot about the you know, the secular university system. Was there um, was there any temptation away from the faith during your time? Absolutely at university? not. No. Yeah. I you were solid by then. I was solid. By, yeah. I was. I by two thousand and ten. Mm. By the time mm. I uh, studied Tim Stables. Yeah, and his arguments and his talks and uh, mm. other speakers, Father Mitch Pacwa, and, and start studying fundamentals of Catholic dogma and everything, dissecting. Mm. I knew Catholicism was the true religion of God, mm. true Church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Awesome. Now I want to learn more. I'm just hungry yeah. to go deeper and deeper yeah. into the truth, dissect it, break it up, um, and. So, and the engineering discipline, there's no time for politics. Yeah. You know, and especially in my field of work in project management. There was no time for politics. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no, in blue collar work, really, mm -hmm. in the secular world, there's no real agendas or politics mm -hmm. the way you have in the finance sectors and all those corporate world, mm -hmm. 
issues. You know, I it see. was just solid work, yep. practical tools to get projects done. Yeah, and that's exactly where the Catholic Toolbox Show was born in the year twenty nineteen. Interesting. So, it, working in the secular world, you've kept your faith all this time. Have you increased your knowledge whilst you're at university, or did the the study of the Catholic faith? No, have I to kept, take going, a, a, kept, going, kept going. Kept going. Kept going on top of yeah. your studies at university. I, I kept, you know, with all the university mm. chaplaincies. Um, yep. I was involved. Uh, camps, retreats. Uh, yep. So that's where my, my love of liturgy, living the faith and liturgy yep. and being in Catholic environments grew. Through my university life. chaplaincy? Yes. Yeah, wow. University, uh, yep. going to camps, um, yep. conferences, plenty of those things. Excellent. Being good environment. So it never stopped. I kept learning. Mm. Um, to this day, we're always learning. I mean, the truth yeah. is a mystery. Amen. Um, mm. And so we have to keep learning and learning mm. every time. And Finally, as I entered the workforce and was working through, the spirit of the secular world shaped me to then approach my faith in a different way where mm -hmm. working in a project management environment, uh, in an operational environment, it allows you to think about uh, finding practical ways to implement yeah. you know, yep. plans, strategies, contracts. And uh, there was one day in 2019, managing a $6 million project um, mm. out west and uh, I was in what's called a toolbox meeting. Mm -hmm. So that's and what exactly is a toolbox meeting a for those who don't understand construction sites? <laughs> a toolbox meeting is where managers, project managers, anyone involved, management mm -hmm. team, site staff, all meet together to discuss practical strategies mm -hmm. for that particular week to meet the project on time, on cost, yep. on quality, details, operations, practical strategies. That we get down yeah. to the to-dos, deadlines. And, and even on building sites, they literally do this on a Monday morning, don't yeah, they? They, they, they get together and they discuss what's going to happen Absolutely. throughout the week and it's called a tool, yeah. toolbox. Day meeting. by day, what's yep. going to happen, this needs yep. to be, this needs to be finished, everything, time, this is our budget, mm. uh, cost, quality, uh, everything, all technical details. And it's that secular mindset that shaped I th in a, 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 and I zoned out of that meeting on one Monday morning. I, I zoned out. I was like, hmm, you know, mm. we, we need, you know, the you know, secular world is uh, honing in on us mm -hmm. as the faith. We mm -hmm. need practical strategy. We need to think more practically mm -hmm. to take action with our faith personally and, and mm. to spread our faith. Yep. Why can't we have this for the mm. church? Yeah, very cool. And, and that's where the Catholic was Toolbox born. was born. No, very when my good. Mind, <laughs> when my mind came back down. Uh, that's uh, awesome. And then later that year, um, by Easter 2019, uh, I was offered a position on Voice of Charity Australia radio show on Tuesday nights. And um, I knew that's what we need to do. We need practical mm. strategies. So my show comes up with three practical tools each week. Yep. of an agenda of the faith, but we dissect it and then we think, mm. okay, how do we implement it practically? Yeah, wonderful. So that, that, that's the path I want to take. It's a great concept. In, in contributing mm. to the life of the church. Yeah, excellent. From my angle. Excellent. Yes. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, you and I have talked about how we need more people yeah. coming up with exactly the same sorts of ideas and, yeah. and stepping up and actually Absolutely. becoming leaders, becoming educators, uh, we'll talk about that in the car. We, we were talking about that yes, in the car exactly. earlier when we were on our, our way to dinner, um, because you know I was telling you that probably going to go to Campion College, and again it was Robert Haddad who convinced <laughs> me. You know, yeah. he, he sat me down and he said, "Look, you know your talk that you did for Lumen Verum was awesome. You need to do more, and I really want you to study." And I kept throwing up objections. I'm too old, Robert. He said, "Oh." 
oh, okay, how old are you? I'm 47, I'm too old to start studying. And he said, well, I finished studying when I was 54. So what's your next objection? <laughs> and I said, well, Robert, surely there's an army of better, younger people coming up through the ranks who are going to do it better than me. Mm. And he said, name them. Where are they? And more importantly, where are the people who are going to mentor them and lead them? Exactly. And so you, you're taking one of those, those leadership roles. Perusia is taking one of those leadership roles. Robert Haddad's done it for many years. And I guess uh, one of the You things, need an army to fight a battle. One of the things we're doing right now is we're asking Catholics to stand up. Exactly. You know, get in we touch need with an George, army. get in touch with Perusia, yeah. um, get in touch. I mean, so, it, we have to look at this as our lifetimes are going to be spent mm. mending the damage that's been done over the mm. past 60 years in the church. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when the church falls, society falls. Yep. We're the light, we're the hope of the world. Yeah. We're the I, true church of Jesus Christ. We're the true religion mm. of God. We are the only hope. We have to have confidence yeah. in that. Yep. We are the only hope. The reason why society is suffering is because the church is suffering. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be spending most of our lives mending that in the secular world where we mm. have to be to do apostolate out there, mm. to change the workplaces, the political environments. Yes. We need to sanctify ourselves to be able to go out there and sanctify our work mm. and where we are in our ordinary circumstances. We have mm. to do it. Yep. it it's, it's crucial. Yes. That's, um, so we need an army of people with a, mm. to use their skills and, and, and mm -hmm. see what, what contribution they can make to the life of the church and, and then not just keep it in the church, but take it out there yes. to the real world, yeah. to the secular world and change society, whether mm. they have a gift of being a potential politician yeah. and going out there running for office and pushing for uh, pro-life agendas, mm. whether mm. they're called to be a speaker and study like yourself, uh, uh, give talks, publish books, publish material. Mm -hmm. uh, some might be called to mental youth groups or youth. Mm -hmm. We need an army to change our modern culture. If every yep. person, every practicing Catholic said, you know what, I'm going to step out and do something mm. with my skill. And that's part of the art of practical Catholicism. I want yep. people to take action. That's the yeah. whole point of the Catholic toolbox. Yep. I want people to awaken themselves to living their faith, taking action, but then take action and do something. Yeah. If your parish is suffering, for many reasons, mm -hmm. liturgically, uh, catechetically, pastorally, mm -hmm. take action. Yeah. Come up with strategies and do something about it. Yeah. If uh, society is suffering, well, and you can be pre-selected into an office, you know, mm -hmm. run for office. Yeah. You know, no one is worthy to be where we are. Mm. You know, even St. Thomas yeah. Aquinas, when he saw our Lord, he saw mm. everything that he wrote. The Summa Theologica was straw. Mm. It was nothing. Mm. It was nothing. So we're nothing. We're all yeah. nothing. Yep. You know, but it's only yep. by the grace of God that we can be instruments. Yes. We need to present ourselves to our Lord. I oh, hear I'm the instrument. Yes. Please use me. Use me. But we've got to take action to do that. We've got to give our will, right? Exactly. We've got to just simply will it and say, God, use me. Let me serve you. Beautifully said by yeah. Father John Flader in his mm -hmm. um, book launch, uh, who I spoke about. He mm -hmm. recently released a book, Dying to Live, mm -hmm. you know, reflections yes. on life after death, you know, yep. people preparing for death. And he said, uh, somebody asked him, would you rather stay here mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, prefer meet God? You know, we, we say, he said, no, 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 no. I'd much rather stay here because mm. there's too much work to be done. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and, and, and that there got me because 
there's too much work to be done. Yeah. We yeah. have we have so much to do in our lifetimes, mm. and we need people like you. Mm. We need you to study. Mm. We need you to get out and teach people mm -hmm. with your gift. We need yeah. to peep every Catholic to recognize once they come to the faith and come to grace, what's your talent and get mm. working. Mm. Bring something to the table. Yep. Everyone has something to give. It's not the same. It's not identical. Not everyone's called to be a speaker. Mm -hmm. There are more speakers out there. We need yeah. them to come up. We do. Take we action. Find, find your niche. Yep. Yep. Find whatever um, you can bring to the faith. There are some people who want to work with youth groups, other things, other areas. Some people who, any area that you can contribute to bring mm. Christ and, mm. and change our modern culture, mm. you need to, we have an obligation to do we that. We do. We have yeah, an obligation. Totally agree. Um, St. Thomas, again, you know, we have, uh, we have a moral obligation yeah, exactly. to live out our faith, to get involved. Uh, I believe St. Thomas even says we have a moral obligation to get involved in politics. A absolutely. So if, we, if, if we're being smacked over the head by the angelic doctor, uh, what, what more do we and have And the to plenary say? council <laughs> that we have in here in Australia, mm. you know, to, uh, for us to get involved there. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And whatever, yes. obviously pray for the plenary council. Yes. Um, talk to members who are there, the plenary council, voice mm -hmm. your, make your uh, voice heard. You Absolutely. Know? That's As many right. people who come to me and say, look, I don't want to get involved. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to mm -hmm. be uh, involved in anything. I say, no, we have to be. Mm. As much as we're not interested or not, mm -hmm. often we can be lazy. We, ha yep. we have to. Yes. After all, the, the plenary Push. council has asked you know us all to listen to the spirit. So yeah, we're listening. We need to we need to make our voices heard. Yes. Yeah. Amen. So uh, now, also part of your story is that you. Uh, I'm curious to know before I ask this question because it's a question on vocation. Um, before <laughs> we get to your current vocation, yes. Uh, did you ever explore the vocation of priesthood? I did, in, especially when I first started studying and learning my faith, I mm. always thought, wow, the priest would be great because mm -hmm. you're immersed in the faith all the time. You mm -hmm. want to get to heaven. This is a great opportunity. I'd love to be a priest. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it more, especially in the, in the first year of university, mm -hmm. 2013. I, that was the year of real discernment, you know, and my mm. call to the priesthood. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I'm grateful that I, I, I really like to think critically mm -hmm. and I don't make decisions lightly especially when it comes to discerning anything mm -hmm. otherwise you know I would have joined the seminary in a heartbeat you know yep. uh, in high school you know 2012 so I started discerning 2012 in year 12 and in 2013 you know those two years I was like yeah mm. seminary would be great I got to mm. try at least got to try it but lucky that uh, you know, I often think critically and I don't like to join or make decisions on a rush. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, go out into the real world and see that vocation is still there. Mm. And I always kept uh, my eye focused on what the identity of that vocation was, which mm -hmm. is actually to offer the sacrifice of the mass. Mm. I mean, that many people, I mean, you go to many discernment afternoons and retreats mm. and things that I have uh, over the years in those two years in mm. first year of uni. And, uh, you, you know, they talk about all sorts of things like serving God and, mm -hmm. and uh, things. But, but mm. really, the actual vocation to the priesthood mm -hmm. is uh, to offer the whole sacrifice of the Mass. Mm -hmm. it's to, it, that, that's intrinsically what it is. It's like saying yeah. you're a fireman. Mm. Your job is not to sort of, you know, um, I don't know, go on Facebook, promote the, mm -hmm. the New South Wales fire services. <laughs> Those are side jobs that yes. intrinsic goes to fight the fire. Yep. 
you know, and you got to discern whether or not your job is to fight the fire, not mm -hmm. to do the Facebook work. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> of course, one of the things that Vatican II emphasized is the the, the call. The, the part of the universal call to holiness is yeah. to evangelize. Exactly. And we forget that we go to mass to be empowered to do exactly that. So it's everyone's job anyway. And then it, at the dismissal, what are we told? Go, go and do that. Exactly. Yes. So it's everybody's moral obligation. Everyone's called yeah. to the universal call to get to heaven, to become a saint. Mm -hmm. And uh, our mm -hmm. father, St. Jose Maria Escriva, mm -hmm. uh, pushed that and, he, he, and uh, brought very much brought that spirit to Vatican II, actually, uh, that we're all called to holiness. Every lay person's called to holiness, to mm. find holiness in their ordinary circumstances and to get to heaven. We're all mm. called to be saints. Mm. And that's, uh, that's, that's what, uh, and thanks to the spirit of St. Jose Maria, I, ke I, I kept that in my mind in 2012 and 13, and I knew, mm. okay, everyone's called to holiness. You know, yeah. People yeah. say to you here and there, oh, look, you're religious, you should be a priest. Mm. I'm like, no, 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 no. Everyone's called to be holy. That's right. Everyone's. That's right. So just peel away from that yep. stuff. But if I'm called to the priesthood, I'm called to offer the holy sacrifice of the mass, mm -hmm. to offer sacrifice on behalf of the people. Yep. That's the intrinsic job of the priest. Yep. Not to just be a theologian, do these other things, and mm -hmm. become a cardinal, nice church careers and packages. Mm -hmm. Those things come on the side. Are you called to offer the sacrifice of the mass? Mm. I discerned that it was not my call. To uh -huh. offer the sacrifice of mass. I'm called to universal call to holiness. Yes. We're all called to do that. Yes. Um, I'm called to contribute to, to the life of the church in a in a way of providing some catechesis, helping mm -hmm. people with, mm -hmm. with with the area that I want, I, I want to contribute to. Yep. But I'm not called to offer the sacrifice of the mass. Yes. So that so, saved me joining one or two years of seminary. There you go. There you go. And like so, the many people that might join and uh, come out. But I knew in my situation, I'm not yeah. called to the seminary. So one assumes, By 2013. one assumes then you started discerning the vocation to marriage. Yes, well, that was obviously. And how did that go for you? And uh, it went well. It went well. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost uh, been actually just over a year. Yes. We celebrated last week our anniversary. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and your wife, Akita, uh, whom yes. I, I know and has joined you on your uh, the Catholic Toolbox yes. show on a couple of occasions. Yes. So listeners can go and check out those episodes. So we um, were, And of course, uh, yeah, you, yeah. yourself and Akita um, were awarded with a, a lockdown honeymoon. Yes, we were. Yeah. So we were awarded not, with not a lockdown just a month, wedding. But, a lockdown wedding. Uh, but you had, uh, you had many months. Uh, we did. Completely locked up. That was an absolute blessing because, mm. um, you know, I mean, the grace of just being together, uh, not much destruction, quiet, mm. bizarre, but quiet world of, yeah. you know, lockdown. Yep. So we got married on the exact day of lockdown, 26th of June, mm. uh, the feast, uh, you know, of our father, St. Jose Maria Escrivá on that day, mm -hmm. the actual, uh, on that day, uh, and it was actually the anniversary of my grandmother's death mm. as well, and... Uh, and uh, yeah, a, a very significant day. We wow. got married there. Mm. And that was the, we were entering the church. It was a massive mass in the extra form, pontifical mm. high mass, mm -hmm. Bishop Richard Umbers, huge. You Wonderful. know, many servers, huge choir. Uh, it was a big mass to have been locked down, you know. But, yeah. but um, thanks be to God, nothing was affected, you know. It went mm. up as usual. But National Cabinet met that hour, the second we walked into the church and declared the lockdown. Wow. So we came out of the church married. And they said lockdown starts midnight. So great, we can party. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lebanese drums went off, and the Chinese lions, and and um, 
and everyone had their last party before lockdown. So wow. enjoy your lockdown, <laughs> everybody. And uh, <laughs> our Lord let us slip through. So Excellent. Uh, without anything disrupted and we enjoyed it. You know, we locked, Praise we needed man. that break. Praise and it was a man. great break to have to, you know, four months. It was a blessing, lots of exercise um, and focusing on work and uh, yeah, yeah you, I believe that you both run uh, a business together now yes we do yeah, yeah. so what's that involve so we uh, we we take care of transport uh, mm. over the country and mm -hmm. uh, so yeah we've um, so it's logistics that yeah you, logistics yeah, yeah, yeah logistics fantastic. and transport yeah yeah and uh, what's what's uh, the plan for the future George the plan for the future hmm creating that army of uh, of Catholic evangelists, absolutely. by the sounds of things. Absolutely, obviously mm. being open yep. to life and uh, yep. continuing to live uh, sanctity in daily, in, in daily work, in secular work, mm. in everyday work, um, and finding holiness uh, every day. Like I've received my catechesis sufficiently, mm -hmm. I think at that stage in life, and I continue to study and learn, um, discover my vocation to marriage, um, and the plan for the future, obviously family life and continuing, um, with our business to sanctify our work mm -hmm. through our ordinary means and secular work and serving our you know, clients and people that we meet every day, finding holiness in the midst of our circumstances and uh, continuing the Catholic toolbox, inspiring other Catholics to take action with their faith and um, giving many talks over the years and hopefully more publications mm -hmm. to come. And, and um, uh, progression in the universal cult holiness one assumes yeah absolutely yeah god yeah. bless yeah absolutely fantastic so that is the the george manassa story so thank you very much for coming <laughs> in and uh, and and sharing all this with us george it's thank been you a very great much conversation for it's always great to chat with you and of course uh, i look forward yes. to having many more chats yes looking yeah. forward to it yes yeah. meeting up many more times yeah uh, in absolutely the, in the future and of course uh thank you to all the perusia podcast listeners for for joining us and for listening to this and for listening um, after the fact as well. You honour us by doing so. But uh, that's enough from us for now. So uh, farewell and God bless. <laughs>